Hello and welcome to the What We've Watched podcast. This is episode 43. My name is Chris. This is Emmett. And this week, we are going to be talking about Blue Velvet. Yeah, so um, this is like another one of those kind of um, like with uh, Highlander, we're doing like sort of a 30th anniversary kind of thing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So Blue Velvet was, I forgot why we chose this. Well, <laughs> well it was on the list of things that were happening it, to anniversary it, this year. We almost actually did it back like when we were going alphabetically. Medically, yeah. And we we're looking at the B's and we we're like, we almost did it then. Mm-hmm. And it's funny enough, we had, that's when we ended up going with the box. Yeah. Because we hadn't seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of funny in, in yeah. the Well, in it's kind of good because, like, I haven't seen this movie, like, this is, this movie 30 years old this year. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen this movie in probably 20 years. So, um, yeah, it's, it I was like, I was, I've been kind of, like, looking for an excuse to watch it. Yeah, which is well, why, like, well we, we were box. close to, yeah. to doing it then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Blue Velvet was released in September of 1986 and written and directed, of course, by David Lynch. Um, so obviously I think I've mentioned before that, you know, I'm sort of like the, the, the resident Lynch fan. Yeah. Um, or so, not that, I mean, you've seen a bunch of his stuff. And, I've seen, I've seen know, a good chunk of his work. You, you yeah. don't mind, you like it well enough, but mm-hmm. it's not like something you necessarily follow closely. Um, I, I guess I've seen, I've actually seen like, I've kind of more reliably seen a lot more of his more recent stuff just as it's come out. I mean, not that he produces stuff that quickly, but, no, well, he uh, hasn't done a movie in 14 years now, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, Something like that? We just did that Since one. the early 2000s. Oh, is that not a David Lynch movie? Which? Uh, the one about the guy in the car. That's a mic. That's a... And this is what I always do. You can leave this in as my foolish mistake. I always mix David Lynch movies and David Cronenberg movies up. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm Cron- David Cronenberg produces has produced yeah. many more. Oh yeah, Cronenberg is yeah. very regular. Very regular. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he does movies yeah. like every, right. every year yeah. or two. Look, they're both weird movies. Yeah, um, they're weird in different ways. though, mm-hmm. although I'm a fan of both. Anyways, yeah. um, but I, I definitely like David Lynch movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to. I'm, and like, and just, of course, just in thinking about it, I think you've actually seen most of his movies. Yeah, well, I like can... I think you've seen. Uh, just about as many as I have, probably. Yeah, or close yeah. to it. He's 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 well, just seen quite a few. Probably just not as many times, probably mm-hmm. as I have. Yeah. No. Oh, no. No. Most of his uh, movies, I've only seen once. But yeah. So, um, Blue Velvet was the first movie that uh, was really like of what is what people often think of as the sort of Lynchian style of uh-huh. movie. Uh, it was it was very much like. It ended up being very much kind of a trial run for a lot of the same kind of themes and style that um, ha- that got sort of more mainstream uh, exposure with Twin Peaks. Yeah. Because um, it was just a few well, years before. They- watching this mm-hmm. and having not that long ago watched Twin Peaks. Yeah. Like, not the even similarity just, is. Not just because of Kamagotron, but also like just the similar. Like you can see like, ah, this is a test bed for yeah. stuff that he uses. And it, and not, like, not intentionally it's, no, so. But- but that's the it's way it ended st- up. It's a because, stylistic test bed, yeah. Because before this, all he had done before this was 
the first film was Eraserhead, yeah. which was like an experimental, weird, mm-hmm. like um, well, that's one I haven't seen actually, but weird in a different way, like not weird, like mm-hmm. like this kind of weird, but like it's more experimental, it's more indie film kind of art film that was made like in seventies, and it's like it's very much just an extension of him at uh, as like a visual artist, yeah, and um, and it's just very sort of experimental and stuff. Um, and then after that, there was basically the Elephant Man, which was 1980, mm-hmm. where that was like very mm-hmm. sort of mainstream. Like it still was kind of artistic, and they did it in black and white, like for artistic reasons and stuff. But it was very relatively mainstream. It was basically just a drama, and it was like work for hire. It was basically just like, oh hey, this this guy David Lynch yeah. is interesting. We'll get him to do it. And then that sort of led to the Dune film, right. which was kind of a disaster in terms of how it kind of turned out in terms of um it was just it, it was just too difficult of a project mm-hmm. and 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 it was just very overwhelming to try to achieve something like that yeah. um and and even that while it still had hints of like lynch style it was still work for hire basically yeah. you know this, a company decided hey let's make an adaptation of this classic book dune mm-hmm. and then they hired david lynch to make it so um in that sense like blue velvet is really the first of the sort of full on kind of lynch driven projects where it's like you know his idea from beginning to end his execution from beginning to end um and he was pretty much left alone um to, mm-hmm. to, to execute it as he liked because um, there wasn't a lot of money involved basically basically he he had the freedom that he had because he basically did it for very little money in terms of what he was taking as well as very small budget right um, so that basically got him you know the freedom um, to do it pretty much the way he liked so yeah a lot of the stuff is very much. A lot of the themes and the stylistic touches and the little flourishes and stuff. Mm-hmm. This was basically the first time that a lot of those things were seen, and they would become pretty much the basis for the entire rest of his career. Yeah, um, pretty much every movie after this that he made, or every like sort of project like Twin Peaks and stuff like that, were kind of based on this mm-hmm. blueprint. I mean, no pun intended. No, no, velvet blueprint. In some ways, like after well, yeah, good, good one. Uh, <laughs> in, in some ways, like. Uh, like compared to a, a lot of his more uh, like his following works, mm-hmm. um, this movie actually like at the time you don't realize you obviously wasn't realized it was yeah. it was this movie actually is quite uh, tame compared to a, a lot of his earlier stuff. Like you, you Late, can follow the later the, stuff. You mean later stuff? I mean, yeah. uh, you can follow the plot. You oh, yeah. know what's going on. There it's, isn't a, it's, actually it's not a, a Mulholland Drive no. where you can watch a movie. Mulholland Drive, you watch a movie three times and still it, have it no has, idea what's going it, it on. Has, yeah. It, <laughs> it has like some of the sort of dreamlike imagery. Yeah. But it doesn't have the dreamlike plot. No. It has a no. very straightforward mystery noir mm-hmm. kind of plot. And at the end, everything kind of makes sense yeah. and is tied up and wrapped up neatly. The, in yes, fact, eccentricity is all in the character. What's crazy is the fact that not only that, not only is everything tied up very neatly at the end, everything makes sense, everything is resolved, yeah. but it basically has a very happy... Happy ending. Everything yeah. turned out okay kind mm-hmm. of ending. 
Which is really weird because that's definitely something that he never no, really did again. No. I mean, most of his movies have either like somewhere between ambiguous and no end. Usually <laughs> ambiguous. Usually very ambiguous. You, like you, the credits roll, and you're like, "Is it over?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, which is fine. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's it's, it's yeah. its own thing. It's but, a style. Yeah. But yeah, this one is very different in that regard. But you know, in other regards, it's it's definitely what sort of set the blueprint. Um, and it's uh, probably even mo- probably more than anything else, like the stuff that followed it. Um, it's heavily based on, not based on in terms of like um, actually drawing direct plot elements directly, but but like inspired inspired, by, inspired yeah. by and kind of modeled after sort of like early fifties, late forties kind of noir mm-hmm. sort of style. But of course, with a lot of content. That you could only have done in in the the rating system uh, era, yeah. know, especially in the eighties and stuff, um, when they were really kind of pushing the boundary. And um, so, in that regard, it's it's sort of interesting. I mean, that the just the opening, like with the the blue sort of uh, curtain backdrop and the music and everything, is very and the credits. It's almost like, like a way TV the credits show. Are, it's almost like a TV show. Well, it's almost like a TV show, but it also feels very much like. If it wasn't color, mm. you, you could be like, "This is the opening to like a early fifties like I've seen. Yeah, movie, yeah, exactly." You yeah. know, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, and then there's just like, I mean, I, I'll probably make a few comparisons here just because it's so obvious how much of a how much it kind of uh, was a precursor to Twin Peaks. Oh, because massive. Because I mean, there's just stuff like the whole like the town. I mean, it's basically the exact same theme in terms of. Uh, go- going into like the dark underbelly of a seemingly idyllic mm-hmm. on the outside town, small town. Yeah. It's meeting all these weird characters. Lumberton. It's like a, Lumberton. it's like very much like a, a lumber town, a, yeah. a, like a logging town, uh, you know, and, and, um, wood processing, uh, sort of town, which is what Twin Peaks is as well. Um, you know, there's just so many things that are, um, much, much similar. And Twin Peaks was just kind of the more, mainstream sort of uh, expression of the same yeah. sort of ideas that obviously got to a much wider audience being on network television. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, this movie is definitely not uh, suitable for network television. No! No! Um... <laughs> There's actually been... There was... Although it is extremely highly regarded, um, especially in retrospect, um, it's often considered one of the best movies of the 80s. Uh, particularly um, in terms of mystery-based films. Um, it has extremely high, like, um, ratings on, like, Rotten Tomatoes. And oh, yeah, like. I yeah. think it's 93 or something. Um, you know, it's extremely highly uh, regarded. Um, but it is also very controversial because of uh, how, extreme, well, uh, how no, extreme some of the content no is. No punches are pulled. Well, yeah. very few punches are pulled. Anyway. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think a lot of... I mean, certainly, you know, you can point to sort of niche like really messed up horror movies and stuff from the era oh yeah yeah, that have like crazy stuff like that or even worse but certainly um for a mainstream cinematic like like cinematic um you know cinema release yeah that a regular audience might go to um yeah it's it's really extreme i i it definitely follows that like category of like r-rated movies from the 80s where they just kind of did whatever they wanted. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's his 
his MO is very much yeah. like oh, he yeah. will not pull a punch. Oh, yeah. He will not, you know. Um, it, I mean, he he puts a lot of really disturbing stuff in his movies yeah. a lot of times. But that's because, again, it's that whole dreamlike quality yeah. where he's basically <laughs> manifesting the kinds of things that you might experience yeah. in, in, in dreams and, and <laughs> well, in dreams and in nightmares, you know, mm-hmm. altogether. Uh, but certainly it tends to lean towards the darker end of things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, I think the cast in this movie. I do think it's interesting that, um, Kyle McLaughlin here is playing like very young. He's obviously, um, supposed to be, yeah, he does. (laughs) He looks really young and, and he's, he's like, you know, this kind of semi sort of fairly, um, naive kind of. Uh, I guess he's meant to be like like early college, like maybe around like twenty or something, right? Because he's coming home from school, from school for yeah. like because his dad is in the hospital. It, they, they consistently refer to it as school, but not college though, which made me really like. Well, it, like okay, it's it, normal to clearly just clearly he's too old for high school. Yeah. But well, wouldn't you just call it "I'm home from college or university"? No, I think they, but say they just called it "school" over and over again yeah. in the movie. Which I guess maybe it's a, of the era that the movie takes or, place in. Seems yeah, to, you know. but it's just casually referring. But yeah. I mean, certainly it seems like he's he's early in college. Yeah. Um. And you know, I mean, um. He's obviously not considered. He's obviously young enough that it's not considered that strange that there no. would be like a romantic interest with. You know, because yeah. uh, Sandy, the um, Laura Dern's character, mm-hmm. has not finished high school yet, so obviously mm-hmm. there's yeah. a few years difference, yeah. but not enough that she might be seventeen. It doesn't he's really, or something yeah, like he's that. nineteen yeah. or twenty. Like it's oh, not oh, really oh, enough it, to really raise it is eyebrows. One of those, like like those actors are so clearly also like close in age, like they don't. It doesn't look weird. But on that, screen. but that's my point yeah. is that he's he's obviously meant to be this y- yes. fairly I'm a, young. Yeah. He was twenty seven at the time, yeah. and she was nineteen. So there was actually a huge... He was but, a young-looking 27. But what's funny <laughs> is it, the they made the Twin Peaks pilot only about three years after this. Yeah. And there, he's the he's a fully experienced, yeah. mature FBI agent, mm. you know. And, I mean, he looks pretty young, but it's it's also how you present yeah. a person, right? I wonder if they... Uh, I mean, maybe they, they could have also maybe make up him to it's, look a it's, little younger, too. No, he always but. looked young because he, he, he first worked with Lynch on Dune. Oh, which was right. only a couple of years before yeah, this. Yeah, he looked young. And he's, he's like, straight up meant to be, like, like a teenager, teenager in that. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. and, you, and it's believable. Yeah. At least in terms of, like, he, he's believable as a movie teenager in that. Um, and he was already in his mid-20s. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I do think it's interesting that in Twin Peaks, like, again, I'm going to refer to Twin Peaks in, yeah, the, in the fact that this has kind of the blueprint of the way that you have the kids the sort of kid characters, the teen characters in Twin Peaks, how they have this thing where they, they go off on their own uh-huh. to try to, like, investigate the mystery, yeah. and they get themselves involved in something that they can't really deal with, but, like, they, <laughs> they don't go to, like, the adults for help and stuff. No, they, no. They, they, like, think, like, oh, I'm gonna, like, figure this out myself because no, one, no, one's, no one's helping. A hardy boy is it. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting that in this film... Kyle McLaughlin's character is like one of those young people that does that and then like only a few years later he's playing one of the older authority figure kind of guys in, in, in characters in Twin Peaks. His character in this like his sort of um, the, the character plays Jeffrey Beaumont there yeah. he um, his attitude and stuff you could almost 
see in a way like, oh, he could grow up to be who he is in the character that Calvin Gawain plays in Twin Peaks. Like, in a way, like, the curiosity. Yeah, I mean, the curiosity and stuff. I mean, he's a little too, um... He's not... I mean, I mean, it's obviously, it's not actually. But yeah, yeah, no, no, I understand. Like a, 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 well, he's a little too impulsive. He's not yeah. really pragmatic enough. Mm-hmm. But he's young. But, yeah. Um, so I think uh, what's interesting, uh, another thing that inter- is interesting is that there's a lot of um, introductory stuff in this where, like, the whole sort of, the real kind of meat of the plot doesn't mm-hmm. really start until... A good way to do it, like yeah. they introduce the setting and the characters, very kind of they they take their time, time. Yeah. to really introduce the setting and some of the basic characters before, and then it's when he finds the ear, the severed ear That's in the right. field, which is like the shift point, as I like to call it. Well, the mystery sort of where it's where it's the thing that kicks off like mm-hmm. everything, um, and and it's not it ends up it's not really important to the to everything that happens after it's just the thing that's the catalyst for it's the sh- you know the shift point from like like oh here's just some people living in the world yeah, to yeah, yeah. quiet little you know almost like the twilight zone kind of thing where it's like you, it takes a turn mm-hmm. um you know well, interesting thing uh, about that about the inter- um this movie's a good two hours it's uh, exactly it's almost exactly, exactly two hours which uh makes it somewhat long for uh, this kind of movie and of you know of the day too. Yeah. In the eighties wasn't, but the pacing in this movie is, despite it being mostly dialogue driven, um, the pacing is good, but it is, is slow. I was going to say the exact opposite because I was like two hours at the one hour mark. I paused it to go get something. I didn't realize it was the one hour mark, and I was like, "We're already an hour into this movie. Holy cow! I didn't think we were nowhere because it had all been introduction and stuff yeah. like that." It just That's what I mean, blurred, it's very slow. And it just blurred by so quickly. I was I thought I thought we were like half an hour into the movie. We were halfway done the movie already. That's what I'm was, saying. Yeah. It's very slow. As in As in the hour went by like that. No, <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying, but you're saying it backwards, right? The the thing is is you're saying that it seemed like less time had passed. Yes, yeah. If it seems like the movie, less time the movie had passed, went very quickly. It went from scene to scene to scene to scene. Right, but what I'm saying is, is that if it seems like less time has passed than what has passed, that means that the, the movie is slow, right? That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. I've only heard that referred to in the movie slow as it takes forever for the movie to end. No, like... Like, <laughs> like a movie that slow goes on is, is and drags To get, to, and get drags. to that midpoint, Yeah. right? Like, what you thought would have gotten done in half, half an, an hour, hour yeah. it took an hour to do. Mm-hmm. So it took longer to get to the point. It was The pacing so the was slow, slower. but it didn't that. feel slow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. Yeah. And that's what I'm that's saying. What I'm saying. It doesn't feel slow. but it, Absolutely. Yeah. The pacing works. But yeah. what I'm saying is it is slow in the sense that it does take longer to achieve certain things. Yeah. Uh, that's all I'm saying. A lot of it is, I think it's because they have to, they have to take time to show you each of these characters. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the payoff for each of the characters in the second half of the movie well, wouldn't be as meaningful. It's also building the mystery, building the yeah. tension. Well, being it's, that it is essentially a mystery movie. Yeah, it's what's yeah. going on, and, mm-hmm. and if you answer those questions too quickly, yeah. then you're like, well, yeah. then what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, often, you got to keep the mystery often going. Often that I see happen in a lot of like more, more, mo- like more I say modern mysteries, but I guess you could say that almost, more recent mysteries is... They build up the mystery really quickly early, mm-hmm. 
and then there's a huge drag out right. before they solve it right at the end. Right. And you get bored. You're like, yeah. you've already figured it out, and you're waiting for the characters yeah. to, you know. Yeah, exactly. And what I'm saying, and that's what I'm saying is, is Lynch is very clever in yeah. how he keeps it going. Yeah. And that was something where, I mean, with Twin Peaks, you know, they didn't want to solve like the central mystery of the show yeah. of the the you know who who killed Laura Palmer, Palmer and yeah. the circumstances around it. Um, they wanted to keep that going for much longer. Mm-hmm. And possibly even not actually solve it at, at all. all because it was just intended as an excuse to. Well, he, well, he was kind of forced to wrap it up. Yeah, well, almost in a they way. They absolutely wasn't were. Um, certainly at the time that they, that they did mm-hmm. it, um, they were forced to do it a lot earlier because you know again that work television. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things. Um, you, you're never really going to have like total creative control. Yeah. Um, so. Certainly, I think that um, stringing out those mysteries are something that he definitely likes to do. Mm-hmm. But, but the point is, is that while you're stringing out that mystery, there should be interesting things yes. happening yeah. that are keeping you engaged yeah. with that mystery. Just because right? the mystery is the main focal point doesn't mean it should be the only focal point. Yeah, it yeah. shouldn't mean that like if they're not answering questions, then it's boring. Like yeah. it should be everything that's happening is so interesting that you almost forget the fact that like oh wait, wasn't there like a mystery? Mm. You know, you start to not even care about the answer because you're just interested in everything that's happening, you know? Um, the movie also does a really good job of um, mixing um, what they let the audience know and what they don't let the audience know mm-hmm. so that, like, they it's... Because some movies, like, the audience is privy to so much more information than, say, like, the main characters. Right. Like... You, you're consistently doing the, oh, come on now, how come they haven't figured that out? Yeah. And they do just enough here that you're never 100% sure. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times you you see things from, um, like, uh, you see things, things are presented to you from sort of Jeffrey's viewpoint, yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah. So well, that, you're with Jeffrey. So that, in a way, most of this movie. you get a little bit, even though it's not directly told from his point of view, like it does jump around and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It pulls away from him. Like you say, time, it yeah. is with him most of the most time. time yeah. And so you see it from his point of view. In Although a, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of what scenes aren't with him. No, I I'm, I I'm think you're right. I think he's, he's pretty he much, is, he's in almost yeah, every yeah, scene. Yeah. But it's not like, a, uh, like he's not the, like if this was a book, it he, he, he wouldn't be referred to himself as yeah. It's I not a first person, person. Yeah, narrator yeah, or anything, yeah, yeah. but it's it's mm-hmm. it's it, you just stay with him the, yeah. through the whole thing, and you get into a little bit of the unreliable narrator kind mm-hmm. of aspect because you because you see things from the same sort of perspective as he does. Yeah. So, for example, the scene with the whole um, the meeting with the yellow man yeah, as yeah. he describes it, and the well dressed man as yeah. he describes it. And it's like you see it. You don't get more information than he gets. No, you no. see it from the same distance away no. that he sees. There's no close up. No, it's from the distance that he's watching mm. it from. So his perception of it is is the same as the perception mm. that you get because you're forced into that because yeah. you're seeing it from his point of view. No. Not literally, obviously. You're yeah, not yeah, seeing yeah. it like through his eyes, no. but you're seeing it as if, say, that you're you're like sitting next to him. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you're you're his passenger almost. You know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's, so it's that sort of thing. I mean, all these little clever little techniques and stuff. I mean, they've, they've all been around a long time. Again, it's all, but it's, of, it's, um, it's all, it's just how he put it. Considering them like this was only like a few movies into his career. Yeah. 
his ability to pull these off in the way he did, yeah. but also like with the style that that this movie has in the kind of like it comes across like a fifties TV show in a way, yeah, and and like well, this it's all movie, those sort of influences in, in a way like you know. this movie could have probably yeah. other than um, it's in many ways color plays a big yeah. thematically part. If this movie had been in black and white, wouldn't have appeared, wouldn't have felt odd in any way. Like yeah. you know. Um, in fact, you could like it may have been really you, freaky. You actually. could almost like it makes me think of like the, the the black and white version of the mist. How, oh like, yeah, it, it just brings this whole other kind of really freaky sort of quality like, to you it. You could almost like without much effort and without losing much, like rewrite this movie to play out and and like sort of you know re re sort of reestablish like you know the the the, the um. Uh, not the the theme, but the the sort of how you see it, um, and have it look like exactly like a fifties movie, uh, like a fifties mystery noir, yeah. and you know, yeah. I mean, a part of what Lynch, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't be as part as of what Lynch, abrasive. As, part of what Lynch does is that he always incorporates those elements, but fuses them with modern elements, mm-hmm. so that there it's never just one thing. Yeah. Like like it's like it's a fifties noir style, but with a uh, modern at the time, 80s, yeah, 80s setting, yeah. and, and, and he kind of fuses elements of that. So, like, certain characters feel like very noirish oh. characters, but they're existing oh, yeah. in that 80s world, well, you I know? Mean, uh, Isabella Rossellini is clearly the, like, like damsel... Yeah, well, she's like the femme fatale. The femme fatale, like, the femme like, fatale. Like, like, don't but, get involved, like, because... She's you, the lynch femme fatale, so, yeah. like, oh, yeah. the problems run, like, super deep yeah, beyond, and, and like, weird. the scope of, of weird. And weird. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Beaumont is the stand-in private, like, noir private eye character, who's, like... It, it, they substituted... Like the standard, um, yeah, um, private well, they, eye. Like, well, they sort of combined. Well, they gave know. him curiosity versus mm. the like. I got a like the the more protective private eye angle, which you usually get yeah. in, in like a Phil Key book or something. But there's like still that. a lot of element of that because mm-hmm. it's all about like you know he's he's yeah. Dorothy Isabella Rossellini's character yeah. is like in trouble, and he just has this instinct that like he has to help her and protect her, even though he doesn't really nowhere and mm-hmm. it's a weird situation that he yeah. really shouldn't be getting involved in you know but he does anyway yeah um and then we haven't talked about it yet but the legendary <laughs> so the frank booth the dennis hopper character is one of those characters that's just yeah pe- I mean, people that don't haven't seen this movie have heard of this character yeah and it's, you know it's one of those the main thing i remember from this movie is like like all his quotes, stuff. right? Like exactly, and there's probably 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 one of David Lynch's most quoted movies, yeah. and all of it comes from Frank uh, Booth. Yeah. Now, <laughs> something that's interesting, a couple of things that are interesting. Um, he doesn't appear in the film at all until like 44 minutes in. I, I looked at the clock or the timer, and it was about 40. That's quite a ways. It's like 44 minutes and four seconds, and then. He hey, what an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> and well exactly, and what an appearance. And then basically it's just like it's about a four minute scene that introduces the character. Yeah. But he's not seen again for like over twenty minutes after that. Yeah. No, because um, the next time you see him is until 
Uh, and then you get the extended, yeah, like, yeah. like a 15 minute yeah. non stop scene. Yeah, yeah, because the next time you see him is when Jeffrey goes back to yeah. watch her sing, and, yeah. and Frank Booth is there crying, watching her. Yeah. And then that turns, and then she goes, and, and that, that leads turns to into the, a whole scene. Him kidnapping. And, yeah, 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 take him on the joyride and everything. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's when you really get to see the character mm-hmm. really kind of fully going. Yeah. And you get, like, his gang. Yeah. Which is all like a lot of recognizable. Which, it's, the one guy in his gang is the is from Twin. There's a fish yeah. in the percolate. Yeah, Jack Nance. Jack Nance plays yeah, Pete yeah. in yeah. in Twin Peaks, and I mean, what a different kind of same mustache, everything. Oh yeah, yeah, he looks exactly the same. But it, what a weird sort of thing where Pete is always known as like this very sympathetic character. Everyone loves Pete in yeah. Twin Peaks. Like he's just so likable, so sympathetic. And then and, and, yeah. and Brad Durf. Yeah. Well, Brad Durf had been in Dunes. Dune, he had had a right. fairly yeah. large role in that, and so that's where that connection came from. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jack Nance was actually a friend of Lynch's, ah, okay. and he appeared in in almost all of his right. st- earlier stuff. Uh, Jack Nance actually starred in Eraserhead. Oh, okay. Uh, but he looked really different because yeah. is he, that him on the cover? Yes. Wow. Not I. It's because it's because he. Whatever, for whatever reason, he aged very quickly. Mm. And when you see him, like... Being in, an eraser head. No, 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 <laughs> well, you, you see what he looks like in Blue Velvet, which is basically the same as he's always he's looked. looked. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same as he looks in Twin Peaks and stuff, right? He was... When they made Blue Velvet, he was only, like, 43. And he looks like he's probably, like, pushing 60. 60, yeah. Wow. And that's the way he looked, like, pretty much for his whole wow. life. And he died. He was, like, in his early 50s yeah. when he died in the 90s. Wow. Um, well... Which was a yeah. whole weird thing i'm not going to yeah. get into but it's, you can look so. it up jack nance you can look it up it's yeah. a very, it's a pretty weird story but anyways he was a friend of lynch's and he yeah, was yeah. in like almost all of his stuff um but yeah so so you know when you see those kind of familiar it's a bit yeah. like uh you know when you watch like um back to the future and you got like biff's gang and you're, yeah, yeah. you're just like oh hey that's you yeah. know so and so billy zane right billy zane, and he's yeah, in yeah, that and he like barely do- and, yeah. says anything and he's just kind of there yeah. and then you're just like wow he like went on to like star in movies later you know um it's, so, it's interesting how much like um because like i i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure of like how many films dan's hopper did previous to this yeah but well I, I feel like this movie. I feel like he played a Frank Boothish character for many movies after this okay, movie. So, like, especially like a good example. Everyone will know his character in Speed. Yeah, which was so, basically Frank Booth. Again, well, almost anyway, a lot less <laughs> like insane. Oh yeah, yeah, no. He, but I mean, in Speed, he's a lot more kind of just like standard action movie villain. Villain, where he's, well, he's like the, he's the mastermind. Yeah, he's the you know Frank Booth is completely. The, insane sociopathic you name it Mm -hmm. um probably one of the weirdest unhinged totally unhinged probably one of the weirdest most like messed up unhinged characters Mm -hmm. that has been seen on screen um okay so brief brief moments of like lucidity yeah like you're you're just like yeah very brief the first few times it happens you're like wait is the craziness just like some sort of and then he just snaps into and it. And then, no, no, never mind. No, yeah. he's a crazy person. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah no. Uh, so what happened with that, basically, is that he had not gotten a, much work at all in many years prior to this. Okay. and Because he had all his substance abuse problems, and he <laughs> was kind of a bit of a nutcase, you know, himself. <laughs> he he, he doesn't, and, doesn't fall far from the tree of characters in your case. <laughs> well, he was apparently Lynch's third choice for the role oh wow uh, lynch had other people in mind that that turned it down 
and then eventually got down to Hopper. And Hopper read the script, and and he said, I "Who he had? If it was like anybody, uh, the thing I read didn't say. It just said he uh. was his third choice." Um, Dennis Hopper read the script, and he said, um, "He said it's Harrison Ford." He said, and- "I." He said, "He said I have to play Frank Booth because I am Frank <laughs> Booth, right?" So, which is very Dennis Hopper to say yeah. that. Um, came in, came into the the line read all coked up. Uh, yeah, no, it was gassed up. <laughs> gassed, gassed up. up. Yeah, He's yeah, got yeah. his gas, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's O2 canister there. And uh, oh, I'm sure it's not oxygen. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's some kind of yeah. weird mental yeah. gas. Um, yeah, but but yeah, um, and and this is sort of what basically restarted his career. Yeah. Um, and so, unfortunately, as often happens, there is a little bit of a typecasting aspect yeah. that comes into play because people are like, oh, well, at least he could do that kind of role. So mm. we'll just – but, I mean, he did do other things. I mean, uh, you know, when he played um, uh, in, in um, of course, True Romance where right. he plays um, Christian Slater's character's dad. Yeah. And he played a very, was a very straight very, character, yeah. very good. You know, he's a good guy. Good, you know, uh-huh. he he's very, you know. So I mean, he he could still do other types of oh, things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly, you know, he did a lot of kind of um, psychos uh, after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, that's sort of what happened with that. Mm-hmm. So so pretty much like his career. After that point is pretty much because of this movie. Yeah. Um, before that, for many years, he pretty much not worked at all, almost because um, he was a bit ostracized from from the Just film because industry of his, because his personal solid problems and especially all the drugs and stuff like that. Which I mean, you can see like if you watch like um, you know uh, like Apocalypse Now. Oh yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. It's good he was he was gone. Uh, in that making that, and he only had a small part, but like, and he's good at it. Don't get me wrong, but he was off his head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's that. Uh, oh, Dean Stockwell, Dean that was Stockwell, that's hilarious. In a way, actually plays weirdest. a character weirder, than almost Frank weirder. Booth. Yeah. So well, he's he's first, he's so, so inscrutable. Like yeah. like Frank Booth, you can kind of understand. Oh, he's just a sociopathic he's so yeah. nutcase killer cr- criminal. You know, but Dean Stockwell's character, Ben, he's just, like, inscrutable. Like, you just don't know what to make of him. Yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. like, what is with this guy? Like, it's it, never it, explained. He's one of those characters, like, when you first meet him, you're like, oh, he's high on drugs. And then a few seconds later, maybe he's just weird? Uh, it's a wait, very... Is, is, is he acting this way just for Frank <laughs> yeah, Booth? Exactly. I'm not you never, sure. You <laughs> never know. It's it's very ambiguous. He's, it's a very Lynchian character. Um, and, uh, like... I love the fact that you never really understand what the, his deal is. No, and like, then like, what is his connection? And to for Frank? the most part, it's a one scene, one and done. Yeah. You move on. What is his connection to Frank? Yeah. What does he actually do? Yeah. Like, like what? What does he do? What is his thing? They're, they have a private conversation. Yeah. And it's it's it awesome. Seem cause... to have something to do with like what the the overall like yeah what the the kind of the crime stuff that sure, Frank Booth and the crooked cops and all clear. that were involved. In. Well. That's the thing overall is the interesting thing about this is um like the the plot starts out with the the they're looking into to Dorothy Valens the cops are looking into Dorothy Valens character they find that then uh Jeffrey finds the ear and then there's like a little mur- like a murder but there's no body and but 
And then Frank Booth, and then, of course, it's Jeffrey sees it. He sees the Welders Man and the Yellow Man have this conversation. Yeah. And then, of course, you find out one of them's a cop. And But you never really find out what that is all about. Because it... It doesn't actually have anything to do with yeah. Jeffrey's angle on no. on his involvement. Yeah, like there was definitely like some kind of drug crime going on there. Yeah. Clearly, it it's but, basically but, like, has something to do with. But like in a town like this, like yeah. how much like drug crime could there be? It has like, some, it has something to do with basically um, Frank, Frank. Well, Frank or Frank's people or, yeah. or Frank and his his gang or whatever. Yeah, they're like killing drug dealers yeah. and then like taking their, their product or whatever product. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's something to do with that but then Everything like Lumbertown Lumbertown has that like a but, huge drug but the whole thi- wow that's that's those those sleepy Small, those sleepy sleepy. towns man that's yeah. that's always the way that's yeah. the same thing happens in Twin Peaks yeah you know it's true because they just traffic them through these towns because mm-hmm. no one would ever suspect it um in Twin Peaks they kind of explain because it's near the border border yeah um so they're doing like the over the border trafficking um but, uh, but yeah, like, um, uh, where was I there? Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's that, yeah. but that isn't directly connected to the whole thing. No, no. Dorothy's, uh, husband and, and son no, no, had no. been kidnapped by Frank or being held by him. Mm-hmm. So th- to give him control over her. Yeah. Um, that seems to be completely unrelated. Well, related. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just something, it's just more of Frank's. Being crazy. Being crazy. You, you keep expecting like that to tie in something like it's yeah. important that, Dorothy, like, keeps singing because maybe that has something to do with, like, some kind of control over the nightclub or something. But none of that is ever... It doesn't seem to be related. It just seems to be that Frank... It's just like a passion project. He just got, like, obsessed with her or whatever and then just decided... Yeah. Yeah. And she kidnaps his... his, his, uh, Um, Her her husband and son. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much... It's, um... Without getting into like plot details, which there's no reason would, for well, us to yeah, really do that. This is this is yeah. I mean, you get into I mean, a watch, era where you start the spoiling movie. spoiling the movie. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and it's not really the kind of thing that needs to really be talked about. You know, if you're interested, see the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's classic. It's very interesting. Um, it has a lot of really extreme content, so definitely not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's definitely um, needs to be said because uh, that sort of stuff's not for everybody. There's some pretty messed yeah. up stuff. I mean, if you've uh, seen Lynch stuff, you're, yeah, it's you very know similar for, to but, yeah. a lot of his other stuff. Um, if you've seen, um, you know, um, no, I mean, if you've seen Twin Peaks to a certain degree, it's a lot of the same themes, but obviously uh, tamer because it's on network television. But if you've Twin seen Twin Peaks plus Dennis Hopper plus R. But if you've seen, well, but if you've seen <laughs> Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me, which is the movie oh, right. that was made, that was like a prequel to the show afterwards. It's very similar to that because yeah. the movie is like a very R-rated, oh. very messed up movie, um, which is you know similar to this sort of thing. Um, Wild at Heart, is actually, the that's movie a very that's, that a, that's a good while. Yeah. Wild at Heart was a movie he made while Twin Peaks was on TV, mm-hmm. so he made it at the same time that Twin Peaks was running, um, and it has a lot of similarities to this in terms of, um, uh, yeah, it's just some really messed up stuff and. You know, and then later on, you got into like the '90s stuff, like Lost Highway and yeah. or early 2000s, you know, Lost Highway and and Mulholland Drive and all that. Yeah. So I mean, like, if you've seen any of that stuff, you kind of know fairly well what to expect. There's some some pretty extreme stuff, mm-hmm. but it's um, yeah, it's really well done and it's classic. And yeah, if you're if you're uh, 
you know, if you like uh, the more sort of extreme kind of stuff, like horror movies or anything kind of um, thrillers and things like that. I think, like, in terms of, like, uh, the at, like, sort of the um, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, like, if you can handle handle a movie like that. That is a movie that's sort of in the same, like, ballpark of, like craziness yeah and, like if you can handle that kind of is, oh something movie. i wanted to actually before we uh wrap up here yeah something i wanted to mention i thought was interesting because i haven't watched this movie in a really long time uh, much like this movie or much like this movie blue, blue, blue velvet yes yeah so we both haven't seen it in a while yeah right? i mean i've probably seen it a little more recently yeah. let's put it this i'm pretty sure it's the late 90s was when the last time the, I saw let's this. put it this way um to do this podcast um i took my dvd out of the plastic wrap Oh, so you had bought... I had, never, I had never actually opened my copy before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, the last time I saw it was probably, like, on VHS in, like, the 90s when, yeah, I, when yeah. I first yeah. watched it. You know, back when I used to, like, rent stuff from the video store, like... It's not the kind of film that pops up on TV. No. I mean, it might, but... So, anyways, um, I sure think... it's probably on Netflix, but... Yeah. I think we're close to, to wrapping yeah. up, but yeah. one thing I want to mention, um, just to finish up with the, with the whole Frank Booth thing... Is um, you talked about like the quote, the quotableness of like oh. how you know there's so many of those lines that you remember, and and that other people have referenced a lot. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, of course. Um, you know, now it's dark. Like yeah. Anthrax based a whole song around yeah. Frank Booth, and apparently Rush actually are fans of this movie, uh-huh. and they printed like in like the the like the record booklet sleeve or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, of one of their albums, they put in the quote, the Now It's Dark quote. Oh, huh. And they've, refer- they've referenced it like, um, I think it was the drummer from Rush, like, referenced it as, like, he said, like, oh, it's a, it's a reference to uh, David Lynch's, uh, you know, uh, uh, comedy classic, Blue Velvet, <laughs> right? He's making a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, like, you know, so I was like, oh, that's an interesting connection, because I knew about the Anthrax thing. But, I mean, Anthrax based the songs get, uh, uh, around all... They do lots Stuff of like they that. They're, a lot they're of geeks, music basically. Yeah, they're yeah, geeks, they're... basically. So they have like "I'm the Law" about Judge Dredd, Dredd and like yeah, yeah. "Among the Living" is about Stephen King's Stephen The Stand. Stand. Yeah, you know, yeah. they have tons of stuff like that. Um, so, so yeah. So I mean, there's the now it's starring. There's there's so many things like that. One thing that I've noticed that was interesting is I'm fairly certain. Now I didn't track it like word for word, but just in watching the movie, I tried to somewhat pay attention. I believe. And and uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Frank, the Frank Booth character, is the only character in the film that uses like like coarse language. Like yes, profanity. Yes, he is the only. Character. I, believe, I looked that up. I, I believe that up. no other character no. uses profanities. No, but he uses he uses all the profanities so <laughs> much. Yeah, so so much. Like if you want the f bombs, he's doing like six yeah. in a sentence sometimes. Yes. Yeah. But I'm fairly certain that he's the only character who uses them, which is was very interesting. Obviously, a very conscious uh, decision, and uh, very interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe not interesting. No, but, but it, it is. But it it's is funny. funny. It's yeah. it's funny in in that kind of weird way. It is definitely the kind of movie where you can look up all sorts of interesting trivia about this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just because again, David Lynch and the extremeness of the characters and stuff like that. Um, but um, <laughs> it's wow. killing. I, 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 I did not look. I did not look this up. <laughs> I would definitely recommend. Yeah, looking, looking up, up the, the trivia. trivia in IMDb on this because I did not look this up beforehand. 
Um, that is actually hilarious. It, it, hilarious in the completely messed up way that the, that movie, the movie, movie itself is. Because yeah. yeah. I find this movie really funny, but like not in like a ha ha happy yeah, yeah, fun yeah. way. It, it's disturbing, but funny because it's just so like insane. It's got that Lynch and and Twin Peaks the same way and a number of other movies around sort of before we start getting um, a little bit darker, like definitely uh, it's like Mulholland Drive and Lost Highway got in a little bit darker Lynchian stuff like in a way than this. This is like lighthearted, but dis- but like extremely disturbing, but also lighthearted in a way. Like yeah, I can't even really like, explain it. Uh, but uh, uh, Jeffrey, you see it if you watch the movie. Jeffrey Kyle uh, really uh, McLaughlin and and uh, Jane. Um, uh, no, not Jane. Uh, Laura Dern's character mm-hmm. um, are both very like I don't use the word. I mean, they are kind of innocent, but they're very just like like oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like and of course, it's made even more. Well, it's very deliberate. Yeah, that's very. Course, it's a very Lynchian yeah. thing. And it, you know, and of course, and, and anything like that in the movie, of course, is made even more extreme by Dennis Hopper and his cadre of of yeah. Of 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 uh, of friends yeah. quote quote friends. I just call it his posse, his gang, his gang. Because yeah. I think of it like 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 I say, it's yeah. like Biff's gang in in um, Back to the Future. But uh, but yeah, no, this is one of those. Um, I, I think this is only. It's pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's only the third time I've seen this film. Um, and because it had been so long, I had actually forgotten uh, large chunks of it. Like, yeah. well, that's um, a good thing. Uh, which was nice, you know. Yeah. Um, totally I'm good. I'm. Uh, which is not to say this movie doesn't have impact, but like I'm knowing all the quotable stuff. Yeah. I'm like I was just like, oh, I remember this scene because this is scene Frank Booth says that thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> immediately when uh, oh, they when, do the when first, Jeffrey references the, the Heineken? Heineken right yeah. at the beginning, you knew, I, I you cracked up because I knew it was coming. You knew like, what was coming on later on. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, uh, it's definitely uh, a great a great movie. Um, uh, a really good, uh, like, I, I don't want to say beginning, but a really good launching point for like the the, the direction that David Lynch yeah. took for the I rest mean, of the I would films. probably, I would probably, if you're not able to invest the kind of time and attention to get through Twin Peaks because it is a television series, so it's thirty episodes and parts of it can be really difficult to get through because it really drags at times. Um, but Netflix blow weekend. That's the most <laughs> sort of mainstream yeah. uh, manifestation of the Lynchian style. So, I mean, like, I'd probably recommend that first mm-hmm. for people just because it, it kind of eases you into it the mm-hmm. easiest. Um, but it is kind of more yeah. an investment in time. Yeah. Um, but just at, in I'm, terms of movies, in terms mm-hmm. of if you just got two hours and you want to check it out, I would say, yeah, definitely this would be where I would go first because mm-hmm. you can really see... I mean, not to disparage, like, say, for example, Elephant Man, even though that was, like, a yeah. made-for-hire, and also Elephant Man Elephant is an Man amazing is a great movie. film. Yeah. You should definitely watch Elephant Man if you haven't seen it, but it's not really a Lynchian film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my personal favorite uh, Lin- David Lynch film is uh, Mulholland Drive, um, but I wouldn't recommend that to a first-timer. Yeah. I would say start with... Blue Velvet, and kind of work your way up towards yeah. uh, Mulholland Drive from there. Um, if you can get through all the other ones before you get to that, yeah. then you'll be in much better shape uh, when you get to Mulholland Drive, because 
it's definitely a hard it's a tough one for if you have no experience with Lynch's style. Yeah. Um but yeah. So Yeah. So that's it for this week. Mm-hmm. Um bringing you Blue Velvet, Twin Peaks, David Lynch. Well Yeah. Um, How often are we going to... Well, that's the thing. I mean, short of doing... It, it all like, kind of uh, goes together. You uh, know. Like where we just like, you know, talk David Lynch movies yeah, for... top five David Lynch, Lynch movies. movies. The, um, there's five David Lynch movies. <laughs> no, there's like... There's more than that. Yeah, yeah. But um, not, not a lot yeah. more, but... <laughs> Once we should do a top five where there's only four movies to pick from. <laughs> Secret five. Um, but yeah, so, oh, so that's it. A uh, bit of a shorter uh, episode this week. But um, yeah, that's well, mostly because we didn't want to dissect this movie too deeply. No, there's no it reason to. It's, there's no it's reason a, to. It's I definitely mean, a viewing movie. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're trying to sort of fine tune like the right sort of balance of like just doing a sort of our review of how we think about it. Yeah, uh, offering a few sort of general details on mm-hmm. the types of things that you might see in this movie without going into too much specifics to just give you an idea, like. Is it something that you'd be interested in? Because mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole point of review. Yeah. Um, and just to say, you know, like if we give her our seal of approval or not. Oh, um, so, I mean, you know, it's something that we're always trying to work on fine-tuning and finding the right kind of length, the right balance of conversation. And, yeah. You know, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, um, uh, next week. Uh, yeah, next week uh, is... Episode forty four. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what we're doing next. Well, week. normally we would do a monthly update, but right. we talked about um, this is something, and I and I completely this is something recent. I agree a hundred percent that we should only do an update episode when we feel like we really have something that's worthwhile uh, to talk about. And this was actually something, and not um, not just do an update episode yeah. just because uh, it's the time for an update episode. Yeah. Well, we we found ourselves, uh, especially uh, the last update episode, we were really um, the just kind of the kind of the focus and the yeah. the it wasn't our best work. Well, uh, <laughs> and, and and I mean, and it's again, you don't want to force something, so yeah, exactly. you don't want to be like, well, uh, we have to do an update episode, yeah. so let's just start talking. Yeah, and you know, yeah. maybe every couple of months or something when we actually yeah. have something that's worth talking about. Yeah. Um, other than that, we should just like focus on the the movie. So what we're talking about like for that. next week is we're going to try and do something um, a little more lighthearted. Yeah, being that we've done um, a lot of really dark, kind of some lately. dark stuff lately. Yeah, because um, even doing like even uh, Batman versus Superman. Was yeah, a bit that's dark. pretty dark. <laughs> and then you know doing like Daredevil. Yeah, that's a really all dark, dark show and stuff. So it's like all filmed at night. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then this is really dark. So it's like yeah, we wanted to do something maybe funny, yeah. but like you know. Well, uh, Lighthearted, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, as usual, we are on SoundCloud, which is probably where you're listening to this now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are on Facebook. Uh, we watch podcasts there. You can like, subscribe, and communicate with us there. And also... Yeah. Um, well, they finally launched the podcast um, support on Google Play Music, uh, which was coming, but... It was only just uh, a few days ago. I can't remember uh, exactly like, which yeah, it day it was. A couple now. of days ago, yeah. It was a couple of days ago that they did the actual launch Just on over that. the last weekend, yeah. So, yeah, so you could get, go on there as well. Um, it's a little more, like, if you, especially if you don't use Apple devices, it's a little more um, 
uh, it's a little easier to use than, yeah. than say, like iTunes. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're also on iTunes. Yeah, I mean, um, of course, you can definitely the, our feed goes right through to iTunes yeah. and all that. But if that's what well, you're, we have an RS feed. If, if that's what you're yeah, used to using, through SoundCloud, so it just. But you know. I've tried out the Google Play Music thing, and it's like if you're on like an Android device or something, like it's it's way easier to access to use than than uh, than iTunes, and I really mm-hmm. like the layout and everything. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's very it's, it's a really nice, it's easy to access, very nice. Minimalist. Well, it's very Google. It's yeah. very Google. It's very user friendly. It's just kind of like there yeah it's 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 colorful you know <laughs> yeah actually that was that was a big thing i noticed yeah. I, was, I was like wow uh yeah really... so I, I like it so yeah no no so uh that's that's uh three different feeds you can listen to us from plus uh you can talk to us uh via facebook yeah uh uh leaving comments either on facebook or uh, right on soundcloud don't have to have an account you can even timestamp your comments. Yeah, over over in the next week, maybe like if somebody, if anybody has uh, ideas for lighthearted kind of uh, movies that we could maybe check out to yeah. do for next week, that would be cool. Yeah, because uh, we haven't really decided on anything yet. Yeah, um, than just that we don't. Yeah, we we, do, well, we keep talking we, about throwing up a poll up for a movie, too. but. Uh, we just don't really, yeah. I just don't want to take a break from all the dark stuff. Yeah, we'll get back to more dark stuff yeah. later because we we tend to. It's funny actually because I was literally I was looking at like my collection yeah. to be like, oh, let's find like some really lighthearted stuff, and I was just like, man, I have a lot of really dark stuff. <laughs> like I never thought of it that way because I don't really think of myself as being a particularly dark kind of individual, but uh, apparently. Uh, a lot of the movies that I'm into are kind of dark. So. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, ranging dark, well, serious. It's drama. interesting because I'm not, yeah, like I'm not really a serious drama mm-hmm. guy. But I it's mean, just, I just have, but I have I mean, so you many. At, like, like a lot of action movies are pretty light. Yeah, you know, you know the right kind of action. Yeah, movie but is I mean, we've been doing a lot of like violence and stuff <laughs> too. It's like let's get something maybe that doesn't doubling have a lot, down between doesn't have a ton of violence. between Batman, Daredevil, and this. Yeah, yeah. dark violence. Anyways. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that'll be the name of our the rundown. Be our the su- rundown. It's also a that'll be the name of our superhero. Dark violence. Dark violence. Um, All right, but yeah. So uh, and then the week after that will be uh, episode forty-five. Top five. Yeah, and we've got a top five for that. Yeah. So can't, um, I can't wait. It's gonna be. It is gonna be the most weird, like random top five. Ever. Uh, I I think it. Because we're it's doing, gonna be good. we're doing it's top be good. five underrated movies, which could basically be anything. Yeah. So I feel like well, we there's going to be of... no way to predict. Yeah. What? Who's going to? We do kind of have a similar criteria. For we have a similar criteria. So at least we'll both be in the same. The field ballpark. is wide open. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for that. All right. Um. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's it. Thank you all for listening. And until next week, I'm Chris. Zemet. Cheers. Bye bye.